Great DJs deserve great music. That's why here at Desi BPM, we're giving professional DJs access to the first ever online DJ pool exclusively for Desi Music. Register your interest now and receive your first three months free at desibpm.com. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the show, it's the number one show, interviews and music, podcast, you know, integrate the culture through the times, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, all you really need is some roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes. Welcome to episode four of the Roots and Rhymes podcast. I'm Chuns, but unfortunately we don't have Mac for this intro bit. Very rare, but I think we've been having some technical difficulty. And that's not the only place that we're going to have a little bit of technical difficulty. We did record this artist over Zoom and we had a little bit of glitches here and there. So bear with us when it comes to that, but you're really, really going to enjoy this interview. The interviews have got some diamonds in there that really give you a good insight about how this artist came to where he is right now and all the early stages leading up to that. And obviously he was a part of another group, but we're going to get to it. We're going to get into the details. Let's do it. Roots and Rhymes. So Mike, this one we've been trying to make happen for a little while. I'm really, really um, excited about this one. How are you feeling? I've been looking forward to this one. It's very rare that you get the opportunity to interview a real giant in the industry. And some, not only that, not only someone who's got an incredible amount of success to their name, but someone who's grown up in the same area that you have grown up and you've seen mm-hmm. their career progress firsthand. It's, you know, it's an incredible opportunity to interview this person. I'm sure we're going to learn so much today. Absolutely. And you know, what? I think within the industry now, uh, he defines the term international rock star and ne- the next guest today has more than earned his place. This week, we have on the show a real superstar. He defines the term artist and visionary within the music industry. From humble beginnings in Bradford to the suburbs of Brampton, now he's pioneering Bombay. And of course, when he's not too busy being a musician, he's dabbling in a little bit of fashion. I'd like to extend a very, very warm welcome to a fellow Yorkshireman, Manj Music. How you doing, brother? How we doing? That's a Major, major, major intro right there. And <laughs> major intro, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> Even though I'm not, worth, I'm not worthy of any of that, but fair, fair beauty. No, <laughs> you're you're definitely, definitely worthy of it. I'm sure Chuns didn't find that hard to write because your success and your uh, career speaks for itself. No worries, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So already made and whatever we've done, we've done just by hard work, man. Now, welcome to the podcast. It's really, really good to have you on. So ge- geographically, uh, where are you right now? Now I'm in Toronto. Now okay. uh, I'm, I'm in Toronto, so we usually come back here for the for the summer. So we're back in Toronto for the summer, enjoy mm-hmm. the summer out here, join up with friends and and fam, and just chill. And then back into Bombay by September, October, and then okay. again here in the summer. So you kind of split your time between the two places. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we're back and forth over so here, then in India, and then whenever we get a bit of time, we come to England as well. Yeah. So, okay. So, so do you, is, is Toronto kind of your home now and not so much England or Mumbai? Is that, is that what you say your base is back in Toronto? I don't, you know what? I always say your base is where your family is because we don't know where we are nowadays. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. right now, you know, we're, we're blessed that Nupi is doing homeschooling and he's doing really well with his homeschooling. We have a tutor that travels and whatnot. So we're very, very 
blessed in that sense. So we always stick together. We're always together no matter what. <coughs> so yeah, a lot of mails from people saying, oh, <laughs> obviously he does and he's doing his schooling and everything. Of course. But wherever we are together, that's home for us. Oh, good. That's great to hear. But congratulations on the new release, Shikari, uh, featuring The Commandments. Great tune. Absolutely wicked tune. I heard it the other day and also caught your Insta live on the weekend. That was uh, really good. So how's the, how's the response been to that so far? It's been really good. I mean, obviously everybody's saying, you know, is this the next DC Hip Hop? Is this the next DC Hip Hop? We're waiting for this Hip Hop 2. This Hip Hop 2. So <laughs> as soon as I get more than one rapper on a track, all of a sudden it becomes this Hip Hop, the next version. So, yeah. But it, it has been a good response, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just new talent, man. It's new talent. I mean, they won records earlier on. And uh, this time it was my first feature with them. Uh, because okay. I could see the talent, I could see the talent, I could see them shining. So that's why I was like, okay, let's push it. That's that must be really rewarding for you to to have been in the industry so long, where you're now giving back and helping raise the new generation of artists. Yeah, because you know what, I think the biggest thing with any artist is is a simple fact that you need to understand when you when you need to understand and be able to accept that your time will come. That's the biggest problem that every artist has in this industry. Mm. They think mm. one other time, like yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. going to be forever green and they're going to be going forever and I'm just going to keep releasing songs forever. Mm. Yeah, you know what? You know what? You can always be young, uh, technically minded and say, you know, I want to keep doing stuff. But at one point, you know what? There's there's more talent coming out there. There's bigger people. There's, there's people who are releasing better stuff than you from what you used to. I mean, everything that I've done as RDB, as then went into my music, is great. But tomorrow there's going to be somebody else who's going to do something absolutely better, yeah. if mm. not better, equal to whatever it is. So we need to accept that fact. Now, what I've done is I've, I've accepted that fact that, you know what, my time will come at one point. But before that time is completely up and done and I'm like retired and sitting yeah. at home doing chilling, yeah. I can at least push new talent right. and give them mm. a platform for new talent. Yeah. So that's 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 what I do and it is rewarding me. It's it's really it's really I feel really proud when mm. some of these guys, I mean, from Raftaras from what he was to what he is today, is you know, he's a he's a legend now. Absolutely. And he's a he's a household name in uh, in India now. I mean, especially with the, the hip hop movement over there. I mean the commandments they're based out of West Delhi. So is, yeah. is that kind of new for that side of things? Because a lot of this, um, the hip hop scene kind of is big in Mumbai, but I, I, I didn't really see it moving its way to, to Delhi. But there seems to be a lot of, lot of new artists and uh, grassroots uh, um, rappers and stuff going, going on over there, right? Yeah, there's loads. Uh, I mean, the hip hop movement has been huge in India from Bohemia's days. In fact, before yeah. Bohemia's days, when we're going into like the um, like some really old school hip hop kind of stuff, but yeah, yeah. what happened is that it, it just wasn't it wasn't mainstream, it wasn't commercial, mm. it wasn't mm-hmm. commercial, it was always underground. And Bombay hip hop has been there, but more gully Bombay rap. That's that's what it's been. So it's all been gully rap. Rewind. Let's take it back. Know your roots. There's no doubt where where you are right now is a result of real grind, dedication, and vision. I want to focus on Manji's personal mm-hmm. journey, but it's very difficult to separate that from the early success of RDB. But I think we, we have to start right at the beginning. Um, yeah. So even, even well before RDB, which we'll move on to a little bit later, music was always an important part of your early childhood. What, mm-hmm. what and who were your key musical influences when, when growing up? 
See, when it comes to there's two elements of what we grew up uh, with in music. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. is obviously the religious side of it, of absolutely. Music. Which, mm-hmm. when we used to obviously being in Bradford and when we grew up, we used to go to the Gordwara and we used to do Kirtan with Dad. I used mm-hmm. to play Baja, Kulipaji yeah. used to play Tabla, Baji mm-hmm. used to also, Kulipaji also used to do Tabla lessons and I used to play the Sargam for that whilst he's yeah. learning the, the Tabla and so on. <clears throat> so, all these things we started from the religious side of it of like just understanding music. Yeah. Obviously, Dad always used to push us to say, yo, um, to see uh, rag, siklo, flana, siklo, this, that, tabla, siklo, chungitra, whatever it is, learn mm-hmm. it properly. Absolutely. Then, I mean, let's just be frank here. Religious music is very different to, obviously, Bhangra music yeah. and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a religious, it, it, it's a different life. Yeah, absolutely. So, as much as we was doing it, was we enjoying doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe as little kids, we were like, okay, this is really cool. This is good. This is cool. But it wasn't very exciting. It wasn't exciting. We knew no, that we no. were doing a good thing. We knew we were going to go to do Gita, which is really good for us. We knew that, you know, people were very proud of us, what we were doing. But it wasn't exciting, exciting for us. That's where um, my mom's side of the family came in, which is my mama, who mm-hmm. had a Pangara band. And okay, this yeah. Bhangra band is what gives us that excitement in music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what that that's what took us from from oh okay we do because in every interview all you ever hear is when we talk about oh is Kirtan Kadhi on this again from Kirtan we started doing music. Well, no, that's not really true. We did Kirtan, of course, but the excitement of doing music in Bhangra and this kind mm. of stuff came from Mama's side, and that was because he had a band called Nazrana. His band mm. was. And um, and then he was connected to a LARP, the band. Okay. They're all yeah, friends yeah, yeah. from London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we was listening to all that stuff. We was meeting somebody, you know, a LARP drummer who is Sonia Kalyan's father. Sonia Kalyan, who's the tabla okay. player now. Yeah, yeah, for, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So we connected in that circle in a way. Um, and even my cousin, who was my mama's son, Amr, he was uh, into music and he was into playing top tabla, tolkies and, and making music, which gave us some excitement into trying to do something different in music. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what the ignition was. That's what the ignition was. And then after that, it was just basically, we just tried every way, any way possible to try to make whatever we possibly can musically through mm. any computer we could get a hold of from the <laughs> oldest yeah. to the oldest to the newest to the newest. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously growing up in Bradford as well, your dad used to recite absolute beautiful Gibdan uh, at the Gurdwara. But I think, you touched on something really good and I think it's worth mentioning that, yeah, it, the Kirtan didn't give you the excitement, but did it allow you to kind of open yourself up into this world of melodies and and understanding how music is almost constructed and how to play music and, and have that mindset of uh, being a musician? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I think it was kind of already in our blood because of mm. dad knew mm. how to do Kirtan and he knew how things. So it was kind of in our blood anyway. And then from my mom's side, from my mama's side, he was already musically. So it was in our blood to kind of mm. pick it up quickly. Yeah. Um. But but not necessarily like did we all pick it up? I mean, Serge did not pick up mm. making music and playing mm. keyboards and and blah blah blah. He took interest in more, oh, I'll play a bit of tol, I'll play a bit of tabla, mm. a little bit of tolki here and there, which we kind of pushed him to learn. But it mm. was all really, it was based on what we wanted to do. How I mean, out of all three of us, 
I had a massive, massive kira in my head that I wanted to play every <laughs> instrument. Like yeah, for yeah, some yeah. reason, I just used to annoy everyone by getting a tumbi and saying, I'm going to keep playing until I learn how to play <laughs> or an algoje or tabla or tolki or tol. So yeah. I ended up all the old RDB albums, I was playing and recording all these things in when we used to record. <laughs> and it's, it, yeah, you get that influence from, you know, your dad doing kitten and blah, blah, blah. But then you have to kind of use your own initiative to be yeah, like, yeah. I want to actually do more music. Develop it not into just, something that, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You, you and that, that fire, you need. You see a lot of artists who have, like, you know, in, in so many different genres who get that influence from the religious side. So, you know, some of the R&B singers who started off with gospel music and you're talking the same about that as well. And I guess that kind of gives you that solid base to work from and then you develop it and let it evolve into what you're passionate about. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. You, you just use a little bit of the knowledge that you have and, and just advance on that and use every tool you have. So growing up in Bradford, there wasn't really much in the in the music scene within Bradford. I think I can recall there there was basically two shops that sold Punjabi CDs or tapes yeah, back then. Yeah. One was on like White Obi Road, and one was Bombay Stores. And they were yeah. and you were you were restricted to the music you could get from there. Whereas yeah. London and Birmingham, it was like you you pick up a rock and there was a band under there. You know what I mean? So yeah. it it was it was very difficult to find inspiration, but. Who did you really idolize in them early years and who were you looking up to that? Hang on a sec. These guys are doing it really, really well. We want to aspire to, to, or you want to aspire to, to be like that person. Well, when we first, when we first started making music, um, we never used to listen to that much Bhangra music, believe it or not. Mm. We didn't listen to that much Bhangra music and we wasn't aware of that many Bhangra bands. And I'm talking when we were young, when yeah. we were younger, younger, a lot of kids, mm. A lot of people today have said, well, when I was a kid, I was listening to a lot of Alap. I was listening to a lot of Premi, this, that, yeah, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. We wasn't really listening to a lot of that. We was listening to more Michael Jackson. And we were listening to yeah. Chris Cross. And we were listening to English music. Yeah. And it's only the Bhangra music came into scene, obviously, when my mama got involved. And we kind yeah, of heard, yeah, oh, Alap, mm-hmm. oh, this is kind of... Mm-hmm. So then we started listening to more and more Bhangra music. And as we grew up, Anybody that really we we felt as though was kind of cool, we we was more inspired towards. Like me personally, I I really liked the way Ali Sagu was making music. Ali yeah, Sagu's yeah, stuff yeah. was crazy. He was the originator of the remix. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and you couldn't really call this genre bhangra either. You, it, it was it was kind of was it, it was it, yeah was it like everything this uh, Bollywood style or was it like yeah. dance style or exactly. was it. The Bhangra, exactly. yeah, definitely. So yeah, what, what he what he did was he he took Indian music or Desi music and he turned it his own style, which yeah. is what me and Baj really loved about what he did. And then you know we had PMC, and when PMC was making old like before Monday at the Baj, like old yeah, grassroots yeah, yeah. and blah blah yeah, blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yo, that's kind of cool. He's now bringing mm-hmm. the Desi music into hip hop. Hip hop, yeah, absolutely. So, so we was listening to these guys and be like, okay, this is cool. Then came B twenty one, whilst we was on the circuit and DJing, and B twenty one made modern style bhangra music. They were they were the boy band of the era, weren't they? They it was like three half decent looking guys, smart sardar, yeah. sung sung really well, dressed in suits. They were the, it was the boy band esque. Everybody kind of wanted to 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 get a piece of exactly. So mu- musically, we always looked at um, who's making music which is different. 
That's mm. what that always. That's what something that me and Podge, uh, and I keep saying me and Podge because Serge never took any interest in music production. So that's mm. why I say me and Podge. Mm. But me and me and Podge always wanted to hear new style music. Yeah, we yeah. wanted to. Serge always had a really big interest in DJing, which yes. he pushed heavy, and he was a great DJ. No, absolutely. I, I mean, I've 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 DJed alongside him, and yeah. I always remember him being the techie guy. He always was really yeah. interested in that side of things, and and the rig, yeah. and the lighting, and and the yeah. decks, and that kind of stuff. That's what yeah. he because we pulled him out of college just when RDB started doing something and said, right yeah. now you're gonna start DJing, <laughs> and he was like, oh okay, no prank and DJ. All right, we'll do it. Let's yeah. do it. So he took more interest in that once we st- started making music. But yeah. anything to do with inspiration, it was anybody who was making different styles of music. That's who we, we were getting inspired by. Simple fact. So it's it's really funny that because I kind of I see kind of a, a way that I grew up as well. Like early days, I didn't really listen to much Bhangra. I mean, only yeah. what you would hear if you went to India once a year or whatever, and then you come back and then maybe a wedding year, a couple of tunes and, and that kind of thing. And I grew up similar with Michael Jackson and. R&B and hip hop and, and that kind of thing. But then came the era in the mid nineties going into the late nineties of the garage era. And then that's when mm. you, uh, you met Surinder Ratan and you, uh, you did the project, uh, you did Dubbe on the lick. So yeah, did yeah. you kind of want to bring that? Because it was very, it's very heavy on garage. Um, that, that track, it, it kind of had that kind of sample and beats on it. Is that where that influence came in? And that was the kind of music you were listening to around that time. Well, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, garage music was the biggest thing at that time. So what we was doing is obviously we was going out and we were spinning and we was DJing. I mean, how we met Surinda in Maestro's and we just said, yo, bro, can you just play this remix? And we had mm. R. Kelly's track mixed in with Dole. And we yeah. just gave him the CD and said, can you play the track? He played the track out and everybody was like, oh, this is kind of cool. A Dole with R. Kelly's music. Yeah. And yeah. that's what caught his ear and his eye. He was like, yo, these kids are doing something that nobody else is doing or this mm. is different. So he's like, yo, you can come and start spinning with me. We'll go out and we'll DJ. So we did. We went out and we started spinning and DJing with him. Mm. And that's when garage music started popping off. And as garage music started popping off, what we used to do is it was Sergio used to remix, so, uh, sorry, uh, DJ, and he'd spin Dude Lally and mix Dude Lally in with um, when Sahara would perform. Yeah. So Sahara yeah, yeah. would be doing the tape and he'd mix Dude Lally in with Sahara doing the tape. And Herbie be like, yo, this is kind of sick. Whilst he's performing, he's like, yo, that, that's kind of sick how you mix yeah, that in. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we kind of got that idea of, oh, garage mixing with Bhangra is kind mm. of cool. Yeah. And then came Surinder where he was like, yo, uh, I'm doing an album. It's called The Lick. He's doing it with Gooey Box and boom, 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 boom. And uh, the Tape came. Now, the fact is, Tape was not produced by any one of us. It was produced by Surinder and whoever he produced it with. Yeah, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't an RDB song. In fact, mm. the only part of RDB that was on that the Lick album was Kulipaji helped make one song on that album, which was a Shazia Manzu track. Okay, yeah, that's the track that we collaborate. Music. We did not musically collaborate with Tape on Surinder Rats the Lick. It did so that's happen. a that's a, a real misconception there isn't there i mean i remember obviously you guys being in the video and that was probably your first we was in the video because tv exposure we was we was crew it was gang yeah, gang we yeah, was yeah, crew yeah, we yeah, was yeah, we yeah, surrender yeah. around so surrender gave us that yo you know what gang gang it's crew you just yeah, yeah, help yeah, me no do problem. one track here 
I've done one track here. Boom, we're going to spin together. It's going to be Surinder and, and and RDB. Let's do it. Let's do it that way. Mm. And then uh-huh. we we took a picture for the for the back, which Surinder mm. was happy enough to put onto the back. And the album was called The Lake by Surinder And the only part of RDB that was on there is the fact that we made sure that there was a section in there that says come follow me come follow me come follow me rdb rdb yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that's that actually it. the introduction of uh of was, was it mets on that one uh um, no it was mets yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. what we used to do is when we used to spin we used to di- deliberately loop that section so people would and we'd mix another it. track mm. just going into come follow me come follow me come follow me rdb come follow me yeah. come follow me and just loop and so we brainwash people as we're spinning yeah, people, people are still saying it. Now. Well, I was going to say it, the brainwashing worked because that's stuck in my head for years and years and yeah, years. Exactly, exactly. But that, that's a fact. That's real. That's real talk right there. I mean, mm. I don't think anybody else would would say, "Oh yeah, yeah, blah blah blah." I don't know if Serge mm. would say, "Oh yeah, that's our track." But the fact of the matter is, it's not. Mm. It's not well, it, there's no doubt. A couple of years afterwards, the debut came out in 2001, yep. and you kind of yep. continued that style. That would you say that it gave you a platform to? To kind of springboard off of to think, okay, we're we're we've been on TV now, we've got a, this exposure, we're in the DJ scene. Let's put out the album, obviously under Untouchables. Um, what what happened was basically that gave us a chuskar of oh, yeah. we like spinning in clubs, mm. we like DJing in clubs, mm. we like the fact of garage music, blah blah blah. Because right after the lick, the next song that was made was Sony and Sony with yep. No, sorry, 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 sorry. After the lick, the next song that was made was the remix of Dude Lally on Herbie Sahara's album. And the song was called Tape again. Was it called Tape or Bolian? Bolian. It was called okay. Bolian. Mm-hmm. And that was Dude Lally, literally Dude Lally, mm-hmm. ripped, mixed onto his track, and that was released. Yeah. And he started performing that, and that that gave us a little bit more. Oh, damn! We can do this as well. We we didn't do that before, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now it was like, oh, oh, shoot! We can do this as well. So we did. So so we did that. Um, and then after that, I hooked up with Herbie, and I made Sony and Sony for Herbie. That's where my yeah. singing MC and I started rapping. Well, not yeah. rapping, but MC. MC, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I put that out with Herbie, and then after that is where the debut yeah. album. Came. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so the debut album it was that you could probably say that there was no real like desi band type songs on there. It was all hip hop and garage sampled. Um, yeah, like Butle uh, Butle was um, get your freak on. Um, and then obviously yeah. there's a few on Butsardan and there was a garage beats and stuff. Obviously you. It, from what you're saying, this journey that you've gone through, and it was, is it representative of what music you grew up on and you thought, right, okay, let's continue with these heavy samples and let's put them over Punjabi vocals and, and continue that trend? Yeah, yeah. It was not just only that, but we used to travel DJing. So during that time, Kulipaji designed the RDB website, mm-hmm. which people started going on to which we thought was the most stupidest idea ever. And we thought, who the hell's ever going to go on the internet and whoever, who's ever going to go onto a website? <laughs> Is this the site that had the green background with the big RDB Chrome logo at the beginning? Because I, yeah. I remember going on that. It used to take yeah. like five minutes for the logo to wear. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Of, uh, 
Dial up so because he made that site is why we, uh, coming back to your question, why we started traveling. We started getting bookings, so we started traveling in different, different places. Now, when we traveled, we used to come to Canada for doing this Bhangra competition show. We used to go to Australia. We used to go everywhere. Mm-hmm. We would listen to different music. When we used to come to Canada, we used to hear a lot of hip-hop music. Yeah. And yeah. there was a guy called Pomma Sarai from mm-hmm. Canada who we connected with, who's also a music producer. And he showed us more hip-hop tracks. And we're like, oh, yo, these are kind of cool. Maybe we'll take this sample. Or maybe mm. we'll take this bass line from this hip-hop track. I mean, yeah. we, we probably didn't even hear half of these tracks whilst we're sitting in Bradford. No way in, in, on this yeah, planet. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah. but when we travelled, we heard these tracks and we're taking these samples and, and bits and bats. And that's where the influences for the debut album came from. It was influences musically from all over the world, from wherever we were travelling to. So that's that's quite representative of, of hip-hop in general because if you look at the roots of hip-hop, it was it was sampled music from jazz, from soul, from rock, and that kind of stuff yeah. as well. So you were, you were basically doing what hip hop was doing, but obviously marketing marketing it on a on a bungara kind of front. So, it, like you said, you and Cully were mostly into the production side of things. So was that yeah. all self taught, or was it initially shadowing other producers or? Like you say, you'd use any computer you could get your hands on to create music. What was what was the kind of your your learning process? I learned everything from watching Kuli Badi. Basically, okay. Kuli yeah. was a nerd. He was a total nerd. He loved yeah. making websites. He liked designing stuff. He knew how to use Photoshop before he even could stay Photoshop or what the hell yeah. Photoshop was. Yeah. He liked he liked um, making music on different programs that I didn't even know of. I mean, when we yeah. were small, we there was a computer called Amiga 500. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. the Amiga 5, this is well before IDB, but the Amiga 500, there used to be this program, I, I think, I don't know what it sounds, something. And you could just sample yourself on a microphone and, and put it onto the keys of the Amiga 500 keyboard, like the ABCs and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And I'd go, hey, 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 hey. So we would okay. sample that and record little samples in. And we used to love watching Star Trek at that time. So we'd record Star Trek, you know, dialogues and, yeah, and, yeah. and loop them and do some really crazy, stupid stuff. But all those ideas initially started from Cully saying, oh, should we try this? And mm. I'm like, oh, yo, okay, that sounds cool. Let's try it. Yeah. So that's that's where the we learn music. Cully just, you know, let's download Cubase and start using Cubase. It's a program yeah, yeah, that yeah. everyone's using right now. Let's just wing it and learn how to use it so we just learned it we just learned it how to use it and then i used to sit there and fall asleep watching him producing stuff and <laughs> making stuff and and i'd learn it and then i'd try it and then he'd he'd say okay you know what you do something to this and then he would switch chairs and he'd go and sit down and i'd start adding things and blah blah, blah and we just go back and forth See, it's it's really a, a trend there that cully i mean as you say was was such a nerd at these kind of things and I know he did like a multimedia degree, didn't he? Um, so he was always yeah, into the, the well. Photoshop and stuff. Yeah, and a, a master's as well. But what the one thing that stands out to me that RDB did before anybody else did was RDB TV. Like that was yeah. that was light years ahead of the game. Like it, effectively, you were vlogging when YouTube wasn't even around, that you had to upload it to rdbtv.com and yeah. people had to buffer it for an hour before they could watch it yeah, yeah. And, and that was it and that and that was light years ahead of of some of the stuff now and i think that trend is 
effectively it continued through the the RDB era. It was always trying to be that one step ahead. Yeah, we we always wanted to do something a little bit different. I mean, even just the whole RDB TV idea and the way that happened was when I was just after I got married and I was shifting to Canada. Mm. Just before I was shifting, uh, we'd started this RDB TV. And yeah. that was only a, a random, random idea that me and Barge came up with saying, okay, you know what? We're going to gigs. And Kuli goes, well, we've got our website. So why don't we make like a little, little section where we can post videos? And I was mm. like, okay, well, if you're going to post videos, we're going to gigs anyway. Why don't we just interview the actual artist and mm-hmm. put that on there as well? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, right. Okay. So interview the artist and the videos. I was like, well, if you're saying post the videos, I'm saying just interview the person as well and then post a video right after it. What's the yeah. big deal? Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. So we started that in the UK, just maybe one or two shows, and mm-hmm. then I shifted. And yeah. that's when he was like, okay, now if you're shifting over there, you can interview and do the shows over there and I'll do all mm-hmm. the interviews and the shows over here. Mm-hmm. And we started doing them both from the same time. And we had to change servers because the bandwidth was so big that yeah, the server yeah, crashed yeah, yeah. in the UK. Yeah. So we had the server that was registered on my Canadian address from Canada because it was a bigger bandwidth and it was cheaper to run from, from Canada. Achoo. It was crazy. That, that's, that's absolutely crazy. That is that the, the things that people are doing now and that's so easily accessible for people now was, was something that was probably so difficult to, to work out logistically back then, but it was, it was light years ahead of what was, what was going on. And that, and like I said, that trend kind of followed suit and, as well, and yeah. what I distinctly remember as well is obviously in the north there wasn't that many artists or producers in the early days. And when Sounds of the North came out, it was your front cover had all the boys on there. They had Lethal Dollies yeah. on there, and yeah, uh, and you had um, Dijav and all them them boys on there. And it was okay. Let's get the boys involved here. We're all in this together, kind of thing. Let's let's kind of give each other a platform to to move forward. Yeah, it was. Do you know what it was? Me and Baj has always been just creative people. We just, we like creating things. We think of things. So Baj's circle of friends wasn't really in Bradford. Mm-hmm. Baj didn't have a circle of big friends. He had like maybe one or two close friends. Majority of all his friends were from university, from like Teesside and from Hillsborough, yeah. where he yeah. used, went to university. Mm-hmm. Um, Serge never used to have a circle of friends in Bradford he used to chill out believe it or not he used to chill out with a lot of gory back in college days <laughs> okay yeah. so his circle of friends and Paj's circle of friends became my circle of friends okay and my circle of friends of people were people like the Lethal Totalies and all these guys yeah so we were like okay yo should we expand this crew alright well it's gang gang it's boys you know what blah 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 oh they play dolls we'll bring them in as well oh Indy mm-hmm. yeah you know what he's an upcoming he's a DJ as well he likes spinning and he wants to be a producer. Indy, come on. These were my boys I used to play football with. Yeah. These yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. my guys that I used to show with. Mm-hmm. So I used to bring, so we brought them in, the Lisa Tolly, even the Lisa Tolly sign, I hand drew that sign for that. Like I designed <laughs> that sign for that. Yeah. And he put it on the t-shirts. So we basically said, okay, you know what? These guys got some talent here and there. Boom. Let's bring them in. Let's create them part of this whole crew. And wherever we're going to travel, we're young. We can travel all together and just party up. I and mean, we was all like 20 years old. I mean, we, all we wanted to do was go clubbing and partying. Yeah. You, and did, did, at that time, you know, I'm just thinking back to those days and you were really creating a movement 
was that ever the, was that the intention or was it just like you say we just want to keep the boys together because when you look back now how influential that time was it's 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 massive isn't it it's just that like sometimes these things fall into place rather than being pre-planned was that was that the case it wasn't it, it wasn't you know we never thought it was going to be a movement we just we knew it was different we yeah. knew what we was doing is completely different to what anybody else is doing we knew what we're doing is basically oh we're going to stand out because it no one else is doing this we knew yeah. that but whether it was going to become a movement or a, a something else, we had no idea. It was just basically a bunch of guys getting together and saying, you know what, we're just going to have fun with this whole thing. Then the years to follow, you you obviously, we spoke about it, uh, we touched it very briefly, that you moved to Canada then. And yeah. you, so you got married out there. And But obviously trying to produce music and in Canada, the North American sound was, it was completely different to what you were doing over in the UK with DJ Sanj and America's Most Wanted, it was completely yeah. different. So did you kind of feel a little bit out of your comfort zone being that, uh, being there in, in Canada? Well, uh, yeah, when, when I, when I first came to Canada, nobody even knew who RDB was. There was only a very selective <laughs> amount of people who knew mm. who RDB was, yeah. who was like the fanatics of Bangar music and, and UK Bangar music. So I had to kind of start again. I had to literally start again. I got hoodies made and put RDB on there and I did gigs for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And I just grafted at it and tried to bring, tell people, hello, hello, there's an RDB, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But at the same time, we was also releasing music. So as the music was getting more and more out, then mm -hmm. I'd tell Tony, yo, send me like 50 CDs, ship them to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I'll go yeah. shop to shop and I'll sell them in the shops. Mm. So I started distributing our own albums in shop to shop from one, one place to another yeah, that's just the only way I could get that name mm. yeah that was the only way I could get my name and the, the brand out in Canada so it was it was, and that was hard work for me because I mean Ajamai just released at that time from Danger yeah. Yeah. and which was absolutely smashing in the UK so yeah. Bully and Sergio gigging left right and centre and doing gigs and travelling all over the place whilst mm. I was trying to make <laughs> people understand who the hell RDB was <laughs> yeah so Ajamai, that's that's was it your first singing debut on a on a song? Because it it was the one that people could generally remember. Oh, Manji singing on that one, um, and you did the the full track. You wasn't backing or anything like that. The first time I ever sang was a bolia on Surrenders one of Surinder's tracks uh, on one of his albums. I can't remember what what album it was. It was mm. a bullying on one of his albums. And it's just a Bali Bati Karakaliani, Karakaliani, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. That's all it was. That was the first one I ever did. Uh, okay. But Ajama, he was my first ever like official project that I went in the studio and I was challenged by Kuli to say, you can't make a song on your own. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it on my own. And that's what I made. <laughs> There's nothing like bringing the best out of someone and challenging them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a double day. Yeah. Yeah, were you and I'm going to prove it. This sounds like an amazing amount of uh, creativity between you and Cully, especially. But was there like a healthy competitiveness as well that you guys had between you two? Uh, yeah, we, we bounced off each other, but I, I, always, um, I always considered myself learning from him, right. no matter what. Yeah. I would never, mm. ever, up until today, say that I knew more than him ever. Mm. And we had a great relationship. I mean, Paj used to say that I. I am so proud of what Manz has achieved and I envy what he's achieved. He's gone to Canada and he's bought a house and da da da, etc. Like he used to he used to say that to me. Uh, mm -hmm. in fact I've got it actually tattooed on my arm. Oh wow. Exactly what he wrote in a card and I got it tattooed on my arm. Um, 
so you know what I mean we had a, a a great relationship I could say that you know what I don't think I don't think um I would ever have a relationship with anyone in this world as much as I had with with Kulipai. we bonded really well I think that's beautiful man I think that's beautiful and and the fact that you were also partners in music and obviously he was your older brother it's just it worked so well and obviously that's probably why you you brought out he brought out the best in you, but naturally, I think you probably bought the best out of each other. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think. 100%. I've got his whole life story tattooed on my own. Ah, uh, that's it. That's beautiful. All the way that's down. Great. Like, the whole thing is... Like, yeah, 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 there's yeah. A whole, there's, a whole, there's a whole story of him on my yeah. own. So that's I've wicked. I've inked him for, for life. Following a, a trailblazing five years uh, in the first part of the noughties, you kind of... You then dipped your your toes into Bollywood around two thousand five, two thousand six. With was Rough Thar Rough Thar the first the first one on Namaste London that um, that kind of yeah, introduced that was, that was you into that one, Bollywood yeah. market. And it, yeah. it was Cully, wasn't it, that built that original relationship um, in in India uh, on the Bollywood side? So tell us a little bit more about how that came about. Well, what happened is okay. How we Bollywood only happened because of Akshay. Okay. Basically, yeah. simple mm-hmm. fact. We, there's no way we would have got Bollywood without Akshay. But, so we kind of got to know Akshay, who took us right to the top. Like we went straight in at the top. Yeah. That was our our biggest game ever. Um, I would definitely say we we got lucky that you know that Akshay Pad reached out to us, and that was again. I was in Canada. I'd moved to Canada. I'd got married. Me and Nindi was in Detroit at that time to do a show. Mm-hmm. Whilst we're doing that show, Akshay had come to Toronto to do an event which got cancelled. And that event that got cancelled, he, I had no idea that one of my boys that I knew, his father was very close friends with Akshay. Okay. And he goes to my boy that, yo, I'm listening to a lot of these songs, blah, blah, blah. Check these tracks out. They're really good. And he started playing RDB songs. And my boy goes, yo, these are RDB songs and he had no idea yeah, she was yeah. like who gone he's like yeah. oh RDB songs the, the, the guys are called RDB and he's like I like these songs they're really good and he's like oh I know one of the guys I know one of these guys who, and he's like if you know one let's, let's meet this guy yeah. so Akshay phoned me when I was in uh, Detroit sitting there mm. and what it was actually my boy who called me from his phone, um, and he put Akshay on the phone straight away. So I picked the phone up and I'm like, "Hello, is that hi? Is Akshay Kumar from Bombay?" I go, "Who? Is that Akshay Kumar from Bombay?" I go, "Yeah, I'm gonna laugh. That's a prank." Uh, I go, "All right, mate. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Shahrukh Khan called me yesterday. What do you want?" <laughs> and, and he just started laughing and he gave the phone to my boy and, and I'm like, "What are you doing, bro? Why are you taking the piss?" And he's like, "Bro, that's actually Akshay Kumar on the phone." Seriously, he's my dad's friend and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God. Then I apologized to him. <laughs> I said, I'm really, really sorry, man. Shit. I, I didn't know that. He's like, how's everything? I go, yeah. And he goes, I wanted to meet you. And I was like, look, we're in Detroit. I can't meet. And he's like, okay, then when can we meet? How can we meet? And I says, well, the best thing to do is um, wait until I come back to Toronto. And he goes, I'm leaving to London tomorrow. And I was like, if you're leaving to London tomorrow, I will connect you with Kulibadi because mm. he's in England and yeah. he can meet you in London. And yep. then once he meets you in London, then you can discuss with him whatever you need to do. And mm-hmm. I'll talk to Baj and we'll work it out, whatever it is. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. okay, Kuli is your older brother? And I was like, yeah, he's my older brother. And he goes, okay, Tiga, I'm going to London. Give him my number and tell him to call me and meet me in London. 
And that's when Kohli went and met him in London. Yeah. And after he met him in London, that's when everything kicked off and we started mm. talking and blah. And up until today, you know, me and Akshay are still super duper buddies. That's, that, well, that's, story, you know, the, the fact, the fact that it's benefited you from being in Canada and then also having the UK connect here. That, well, that's where it's paid dividends trust, as well. Trust it? me, I cannot even express how much luck I got after getting married and moving to Canada. Like, I think I personally feel, and I'm going to be biased about this, I think that Nindy gave us major luck because after we married is when we became Bollywood and then Akshay came and then all the Bollywood kicked in yeah, and yeah, so yeah. many more things opened up for us. It's, it's not- I think you're right. Certain people come into your life and, and guide you in certain directions which allow doors to be opened and, yeah. and, and stars to align. And that kind of thing. It's this general trend that we we're hearing, even with the other guests as well. Kind of them them saying that in certain situations, yeah, I wasn't really interested, but then something fell on my lap and it yeah. completely changed the course of my. We're, we're hearing a lot of, of course, people, people, the, all these people who are successful have put the work in, and the more they put the work in, these moments of luck or grace or whatever you want to call it just happen to fall, and the yeah. stars align, and it comes, and it's such a great thing to see that, you know, you get that kind of luck or you get that. Um, fortune but the, underneath all that is hard graft and hard work and that can never be forgotten yeah. it doesn't just fall into yeah. your lap yeah yeah 100 so graft it. sing is king was was the big one wasn't it it was the collaboration with snoop kind of thinking you've been listening to his tunes when you were younger and through your teens and stuff and now you're you're working with him and then but the the big tv moment was the eye for a moment. Yeah, seeing you guys I mean for me seeing you guys and it was in Sheffield as well in Yorkshire and you guys are, are performing in front of basically Hollywood was that was that the big moment was that the big hurrah that thinking right okay we're here now we, we've made our mark on, on Bollywood yeah 100% 100% because our relationship had grown so so well with Akshay Paddy that when he said, okay, I'm going to be doing the IFR, I'm doing a performance at the IFR Awards. And we're like, what the hell is IFR Awards? And it's like, you know, it's where all the Bollywoods are going to be performing, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's going to happen in England. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to happen in Sheffield. So he was like, okay, so I want to perform. Because actually knew Ajaman was a big song. It was one of yeah. his favorite songs of all time. Yeah. He knew it was a big track. So he was like, look, I love that song. I know it's a big song. I want to perform that song and I want to have you guys perform that song. With me. So we're like, what are the biggest opportunities that we're ever going to get in our life? Hell yeah, we're in all the way. And when we did it, that was it. It went down in history. Yeah, Ajamai was the... Okay, so when we talk about Ajamai, there was the original Ajamai that had tricks on there that was on Danger 2, right? Yeah. And that that was massive in the UK, um, but it had a really big Pakistani following as well. So obviously, yeah. when you guys were doing shows out in Pakistan, everybody wanted to hear Ajamai. Pakistanis in the UK, they absolutely loved that tune as well but then you kind of refixed it a little bit didn't you uh uh for the, well, the, for the for Indian Sing is blink. yeah for yeah. sing is blink but then a lot of other projects came following all that like besa besa om mangalam sherandi kom and yeah as you said when you refixed um ajama you also refixed sabigali as well so you were using these tunes that had already had popularity in the UK, but never really came across in India and, and touched their markets and refixing them. And they, they almost give you another lease of life. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because you got to remember, these these songs were never, um, they were never commercially viable in India. And mm-hmm. unless you're Bollywood, it doesn't go commercial. 
Bollywood yeah. is the mainstream. So it never went mainstream in India. It only was known within Punjabis in India, Punjabis in India, Punjabis in America, Canada. Yeah. That's what it yeah. was known for. But mm. it never got mainstream. And that's a movie was going to take it mainstream. But when we had the option, we were going to definitely do it. So, so your voice started to become really recognisable in in India and, and in Bollywood. So obviously that distinct sound um, and your distinct voice. So following the, the passing of, of Cully in 2012, which is extremely sad and, and took the industry, um, like it was, it was a shock to the industry. Uh, how did it affect your mindset? Because obviously Cully being that vision of, and, and having that initial discussion with Akshay, and obviously going through the movements in Bollywood, how did it affect you? And, and not necessarily on an emotional level, you can imagine what it would have been like on an emotional level, but for your career, did you think, did you think to yourself, oh, I don't really know what to do now. How am I going to kind of direct RDB uh, without Cully? Yeah, I mean, obviously it was the major, major, maybe we just need to pack this in. I was thinking, let's just pack it up and not do anything now. Uh, mm. But then everybody was like, no, no, we should definitely carry on the RDB brand, carry on the name. We need to push it, push it further. Um, so it was, I was in two minds. I was in two minds. I didn't know whether to move forward or not because I, I didn't feel comfortable moving forward. I didn't mm-hmm. feel that, you know, we could keep making music as RDB without Kali Paji being around. It just felt mm. really weird, even though we're doing videos and we started traveling, doing shows without Kali Paji. And most of the time when Paj was sick, when we used to travel on shows, mm. it was literally, it was me and Nindi who would look after Paj. We would mm. take him and take him to the gym and go for runs with him and, and take him here and take him there. Mm. We was constantly looking after him. So for him, not now all of a sudden being around us and it's just me, Serge, yeah, and Nindi, yeah. it was really weird. It, it, it didn't mm. feel right. So it, it was, bit, I went through this whole, you know, I think pack this in, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I'm not feeling it. And then, you know, naturally there was quarrels and stuff happening between me and yeah. Serge. That was not, not something new. It, it's been happening for years and years and mm. years. If anybody knows any of us in Bradford, all, all <laughs> Cully Paji ever did, all, Serge and Cully just argued all their life. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. all they did. Yeah. So, and I was always the middleman trying to fix the situation. So, yeah. you know, things were still there. Was, things were in the air. Um, but, uh, and I and I thought, okay, I'm I'm just gonna leave this this whole thing because I can see this whole thing going wrong. The quarrels were getting worse, and we're not really, you know, the creative creativity and the creative side is is disappearing, and mm. it's becoming now more of a okay, we need to do this, we need to do this, and that. It was becoming regiment. It, it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, none yeah, of it was yeah, fun yeah. anymore. It was kind of maintaining so it, what it maintaining that. That yeah, image was, and that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, and it was for the sake of it, for the sake of everyone saying, no, you have to keep RDB alive. Well, yeah, yeah. no, you don't. You mm. don't have to keep RDB alive. You can only keep RDB alive if Kuli Paji was around. And mm. if me and Kuli Paji were still making music, mm. then that gives me some fire to be like, yes, I yeah, want to do yeah. this. Let's do it. But when yeah. the person's gone, it's mm. like, you know what? Why are you forcing the issue now? You're yeah, just forcing yeah. the issue. Because it sounds like everything that, Everything that made RDB what it was wasn't the feeling wasn't there as much when when all that happened. Yeah, they they can't be. They can't be. Yeah. I mean, if I I could I could say I'm going to release an RDB song tomorrow and yeah. I've been idiot because realistically it's not going to be an RDB song, right? Unless mm-hmm. unless Kuli's Paji's brain is half involved in producing that track, there's no yeah. RDB song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's that's the the direction I was going in, and then 
you know, I did give up at one point and I said, okay, forget it. I'm out. I'm out. Peace. Done. Yeah. I'm done with this. I'm done with, uh, I'm done mm. with fighting. I'm done yeah. with, you know, this, this, whole, the way this is working, I don't like any of it. Mm. Um, and that's what people didn't like. People didn't like it. They were like, oh, you know what? He's deserting RDB. He's deserting his bro. He's, he's left everything. Yeah. You know, I got penalized. I got, I got drowned. I got dead. Like, people would sending me nasty, nasty messages just because I did that. But I thought, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to well, do what I need to do. The thing is, creativity comes in various different ways. And if, if an element that really helped shape and define you and spark your creativity isn't there, if you're, if you're forcing, forcing things, then you don't really want to continue down that route. I mean, I know that you guys released um, D- uh, Daddy the Gash after yeah. Kuli passed away. Did yeah. you kind of see that as uh, with T Pain as well? So it's it's not an opportunity that you want to really pass up, especially with yeah. a, a hip hop artist like that. Was that kind of? Did you feel as if that was your last hurrah then when it came to the RDB side of things? Yeah, I mean, even doing that whole thing was a lot of headache, and there was a lot of ups and downs. The whole thing, and mm. um, even bringing T Pain on the game, like anybody big. I'm, I'm not just saying this, but anybody who came on, whether it be Snoop or Luda or Pain came through my people who mm. came through me who I connected with because I had a great relationship being in Canada and connecting mm. with these people yeah. so making that happen after putting all that work in and then still you know not equally putting that work in mm. you know what I mean I'm putting in the hours I'm putting in the work and the other mm. person's just you know raking the rewards because he just feels like I'm a, I'm a big time it wasn't working so that's why I was like okay it's not about being big time it's about just working and yeah. The way I'd worked all my life is my work was shared half-half with Kulipa. That's mm. the way it was, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't working this way with Serge. Simple. Mm. Okay. So that's why I was like, okay, this can't work. And there was too many complications. I was like, I'm done. I'm out. So you took the decision to go, to go solo. And obviously, it came with uh, a lot of, a lot of Crap. heartache. <laughs> everyone, yeah, yeah. everyone well, basically, every, everybody hating me then wanted to be my best friend today. That's, that's the way it is. Simple. It, it, it's, it is one of them situations, isn't it? People that are slating you in that situation now see see the success. But it, it comes with graph, and we said it before. Um, obviously, you had a vision that you wanted to drive forward with, and you launched um, your brand, Man's Music, um, and your debut single was Brenda the Monday, right? Yeah, yeah. No, my actual first, uh, yeah, probably as a single, it was it was Brenda yeah. Monday, but as Man's Music, my first song that I released right after mm. the breakup was Whistleblower. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, which was straight, you know, um, it was sealed gold, but it went out and it was just a super duper hit, and mm. that's what that's what gave me the damn. I can, I can still do, do this. this. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can do this. I can do this because if I would have compiled that first track as my music and it flopped on its ass, I would have been like, "What I'm doing? Can I do mm. this?" Yeah. And yeah. everybody, you know, the closest people to me, Nindi, obviously being one some elder people that were very very tight and close to me and mm-hmm. one of my very close friends Carter who's in Germany we did a 16 city show tour with, with this guy um, he's like an older brother he, you know they all said listen if you can do it then just do it like don't mm-hmm. you've clearly shown that with this whistle with our track that you, you're capable of doing something it might not be an RDB song it might not be as big as an RDB song but you've done something that's become big so yeah. carry on and that's what gave me the boost. And after that, then I thought, okay, I'm going to drop little singles and this, that, blah, blah, blah. And we kept on putting out songs with Rostar and, and whatnot. 
So that, yeah, moving to that point, so, and, and we, we talked about it uh, right at the beginning, that is it right to say that you discovered Raftar or you gave him, uh, you helped give him a platform and when he featured, um, when, when he split with Honey Singh, it was kind of like, okay, this, he's really talented. We're, do you want to come work with, with me kind of thing? Yeah, Raftar was all, he was never really with uh, Honey Singh. Like he, okay. they were all working separately, but they were all friends. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and and then whatever complications they had, he ended up doing his own thing, and he started. And Bacha was also writing his own stuff, and Nostal yep. was writing his own stuff. And mm. it was our manager at that point um, who introduced us to Raftar and said, "Yo, there's this kid. He used to be in Honey's camp, and mm. he's really good writer, and he's a good rapper. Maybe you could use him." And when we said, "All right, okay, cool," and we had we're doing it big, the Tisijande track, we was producing that track, and that was. That track was fully produced. In fact, that was the second track I fully produced. That Kuli Baji, when he heard, he went nuts when he heard that beat. Okay. This was before yeah, yeah. he passed the year, that beat. And I produced that in Canada. He came out to Canada and he heard it and he's like, yo, this is sick. So when, <laughs> when, when I produced that one, we wanted to have the features on there. So when, uh, in fact, I've got videos of me and Kuli Baji in the studio in Canada uh, doing that whole track and everything. I'm going to put them out, actually, mm. just remind yeah, me. Yeah. Um, uh, when we were doing that, we needed a feature on there. That's when we said, all right, okay, you know what, let's ask uh, this guy and see what he, can, what he can do. So mm. we got him to record, and when he recorded his verse and sent it back, he was like, oh, this guy's actually yeah, sick, yeah. he's dirty. So we met him at the video shoot, and then after we met him at the video shoot, we said, okay, we're going to do more stuff with you. And mm-hmm. Rostar clearly, because all the studio time was spent with me in, with Rostar. Yep. Liaising, talking, going out, chilling, blah, 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 talking music was with me, with Rostar. So Rostar mm-hmm. was like, okay, you guys have just split. I don't know what the hell is going on, but I'm going to stick with you because I don't really know him like I know you. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You're, you're creative, so I want to be with creative people. I don't want to yeah, be with yeah. somebody who, I'm just gonna, who's, who wants to just manage me and mm-hmm. I have to be creative. I want to be with yeah, creative yeah, yeah. people. So, so he stuck with me and we mm-hmm. gave him a platform and we moved, we moved together forward. So, so that relationship came, you, you would say, during that transition period of you going... Uh, going down the managed music yeah. route. So, but was the big statement when you got Raftar, this Desi rapper with Rackstar, a British Asian rapper, and then Humble was on there from Canada and you, you put out Desi hip hop. And was it, was that a, um, a statement to say, hang on, there's a big hip hop scene here in India and I as managed music are going to tap into that? No, this hip hop came second. First thing was Swagman. Yeah, 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 yeah. So swag when we when we dropped Swagman Adisi is when Mand Music became a commercial hip hop name with okay. Rostar. Okay. So it was like a joint effort between me and Rostar to both push both of our brands as hip hop commercial brands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what created a hip hop commercial sound for Mand Music. Okay. And then after that by me putting everybody on this hip hop it just sealed it like literally okay. was it was it an attempt to bring all these influences together you had the Canadian on there you had the British on there you yeah, had the, I just wanted the Indian to be a on there that's, yeah I, yeah, I wanted yeah. to be that's all it is I was like that whole track was made for the sake of being like DJ Khaled because I was like oh I want to be Khaled of, of this hip hop I want to yeah. bring everyone in so, so did, do you feel as if you coined that term then this hip hop 
Was that was that something that was 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 that on people's no, tongues no, before, or was it just no. a sound and it was like, okay, I want to coin this as desi hip hop. I'm going to make a track called desi yeah. hip hop. This hip hop was a genre. This is going to be the future. Yeah. Desi hip hop was a genre that was started by Bohemians. Simple fact. That's fact. Okay. Uh, it was a genre of music that everybody knew. If anybody was rapping in Punjabi or Hindi, uh, they knew the term desi hip hop because of okay. Bohemians. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this is perfect. We'll just call it this hip hop because everyone's doing rap in their own languages and whatnot, and it's desi. Mm-hmm. So let's do it. Mm-hmm. So, as desi hip hop progressed as a as a genre and a brand, you you continued to work in Bollywood on movie soundtracks, but you also did a lot of production and a little bit of ghost production with the up and coming Punjab, Punjabi artists like Guru Randhawa. Um, I know that you you were in the studio toying with ideas for him, and you helped come up with that um, um, high rated Gabru kind of yeah that 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 high high rated Gabru was produced in Nupi's bedroom in in India <laughs> yeah in India in Nupi's bedroom that's where it was produced and uh, Nav DJ Nav yeah so Nav Rappel. was telling me that that he, he was, was also there and that was uh, yeah that was uh, he was also there. The, he was sitting right there when we were doing it and we was working off that some I think it was some Sean Paul song or something and that was like oh this one and he gave me the, the beat the, the Sean Paul track mm. and I was like yeah I want to use these chords and then we ended up using those chords oh, wow. to basically make the main melody of the yeah. the beat and yeah. uh, that's what Guru liked he liked that he liked the idea of where that was coming together so we added some stuff blah 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 then I sent it to V he added some ad libs. He added some more structure to it, some more chords, and some beat pads. Mm. Sent it back to me. I chopped them up. I put the extra bass lines in there. I cut all his ad libs up and made them in different sections. Put a bridge on there, and boom, we had high rated Guru. And I knew right there and then, both me and Guru knew in that bedroom that this song is gonna be yeah, a yeah. super duper hit. Yeah, super it doesn't have to come from something big, or it doesn't have to come with NB. You could just be in a a bedroom playing tracks on a phone or and, and just kind of I didn't brainstorming even, I, I didn't even have proper speakers it was just <laughs> on it was just literally on a piece on my mac with yeah. just two small speakers and i had a microphone and that was it and even guru was like <laughs> well the, the thing is that when when guru Dama, um released that tune it was it was a massive hit and it kind of sparked a, a resurgence of uh, punjabi singers coming through and uh, obviously becoming popular worldwide. So did you tend to keep your ears to the ground with these Punjabi singers? Because obviously being in Mumbai, you're obviously exposed a lot more to to Bollywood and the Desi hip hop side of things. But did, did you kind yeah. of continue to follow through and and see what was going on in, in the Punjabi music industry? Yeah, because a lot of the Punjabi artists were coming to Bombay a lot. So I was all, mm. and I was going to Punjab a lot. So I was already connected to all the Punjabi uh, artists and whatnot. The one thing after Kuli Baji passed away is I promised myself that every single person that ever knew Baj, mm. I'm going to make sure I keep a relationship with that person. Okay. I'm going to keep that. That relationship should not die just because just because Baj is not here, that relationship shouldn't die. We should always have that relationship going. So I kept it cool with everybody, with all every artist, um, every person in the industry, including Kuli's, you know, closest friends and Kuli's best friend at the time, DJ AK from London. He's yeah, literally yeah. he's uh, my yeah. best friend today. Like literally, he's my best mate today, and the we're like guy. we're inseparable. So mm. you know, it, it it literally was uh, that we just I just wanted to make sure that 
whatever we do, we, we keep that connection with everyone and uh, we just move forward from there. So. Yeah. I know AK is a, a fantastic guy. I've met him a handful of times and I check out his uh, Insta Lives uh, every so often yeah. as well. He's a really talented DJ himself, more, more hip-hop-esque, but he's yeah. really talented as well as, as Nab as well. I mean, the fact that he gave you that idea um and for them chords on the sean paul track just goes to show he's got a great ear as well and he was involved on the remix wasn't he for we doing it big as well so, yeah, yeah 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 for the remix as well yeah that's great so in 2018 then Punjabi billboard which featured ranjit Bawaj as dummy corby that to me listening back to it now it's that sounded that had more of that rdb sound than the the tracks before then it it was. It had that sample, the influence of um, not just garagey kind of beats, but hip hop beats. It sounded more like an RDB album. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not saying that obviously um, you wanted to make it sound like. But or did you want it to sound like that? Did you want to throw back and say, "Hang on, these are still my roots. This is the music that I love." I don't think if you put RDB as 100, percent 50 percent is always going to be there, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So what you hear on that album is my fifty yeah, percent of absolutely what what I'm putting in there. Yeah. Maybe you know if Kuli was around, you would have literally got a RDB like you yeah, would have yeah, heard yeah. every song on my end. Yo, that's an RDB track straight yeah, off the bat. Yeah. Whereas when you hear Punjabi Billboard, you hear a feeling of it, but absolutely. it's not really RDB. No, yeah, and and a simple fact because the. the the 50% is gone and there's 50% still here so that's what my thing was I wanted to just put my elements into this whole album mm. and obviously I was working with all the Punjabi artists so everybody was kind enough to be like yo and I had good relationships with everyone so I basically put an album together just giving my flavors of what I could bring to the table mm. just to bring the Punjab feel back that's good that you you wanted to really go back but underlying you still had the what we spoke about before, there was the gully movement that was happening in, in Mumbai. And then there was obviously the popularity of Gully Boy, the, the film, which probably gave it an even bigger platform for, and, and got seen by a lot more people. And you actually featured as a, a judge in the film, didn't you? Alongside uh, Bobby Friction and uh, Raja yeah. Kumari, who's actually a really good friend of ours as well. Um, yeah, what yeah. was that like actually being in the movie and and being asked to be a, a judge alongside these people. It was pretty sick. I mean, when, when they said, oh, can you be the judge and blah, 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 I was like, all right, okay, damn, all right, okay, I'm privileged to do that. So I would definitely do it. Never done any acting and especially in before. So it was, uh, it was a little bit different for me, but I was really excited about doing it. And it was really, to be honest, it was, I was nervous. Or, I don't know if I'm going to get it right or whatnot. But when yeah. on set, it was pretty much easy. And uh, even though my Hindi is really whack, but still, I did whatever I had to do. And it was, it was good, man. It was really, really cool. Everybody was really relaxed on the whole set. Everyone was just having fun. It was cool. Yeah. And obviously now, fast-forwarding to the release of Shigari featuring the Commandments. Tell, t- tell us more about these guys then. So how did you come about discovering the, this talent or this group and, and getting them featured on the tune? Sunday, let
So Shikari is basically just um, it's a it's a collaboration of all these guys um, just bringing different elements. I mean, there's not all, it's not all Punjabi, right? There's Punjabi and there's Hindi rap, and then there's you know uh, Saurabh Sabhajari. Like he's Saurabh Acharya is crazy. Like the yeah. way he raps in Hindi is like showed the Hindi. Nobody's doing that ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to bring all those elements together, and the hook line. Obviously, I asked Ika, my brother. I said, "Yo, do you want to do you want to give me a good hook or whatnot?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." And he wrote that hook in like ten seconds. It was a sick hook, and yeah. uh, we dropped the hook and done the track. And it, and it's just it just highlights every single person in individually and what they can bring to the table because I want each one of those to to really move forward and start mm. a career of their own as well as together. So, yeah, that seems to be one of your your trademarks, man. Just the ability to bring all these different talented people together and give them this jumping jump off point to, to to go on their own and find their own style. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I always say it's no point signing people and grabbing them and tying them down by their hands and and legs and saying you know what you ain't going nowhere. You're signed to me because yeah. their creativity goes straight down the toilet straight off the bat. They they cannot be creative if you keep holding them down. You, you need to let them free, and creative people need to be free to just do what they want to do. So my my thing is, you know, I see a, a great potential in them. We'll do a collaboration together. You know, it'll give me a little boost, and it'll give me some proud moment of being part of this and pushing these guys further. Mm-hmm. And if they blow up, they blow up. That's great. Well, that, that, that's that's what it was like in the early days. You didn't yeah. tie down any of these boys like Lethal yeah. Bodies no. or Indy Zagu or any of them, no. or even. Let's let's look at the Untouchables UK era when all of them albums where you worked with Mets and Tricks and E equals MC yep. and Gubby Sandu, no one was really tied down to anything. It was no. gang gang, as you say. It was like, yeah, come on, yeah. boys, let, let's make some tunes. Let's make yeah. not not knowing at the time that you were creating a movement. Let's just let's just have a a bit of fun here and and yeah. kind of get our creative juices flowing. And obviously, I I caught your Insta live on the weekend um, last weekend and. You were saying as well that you're you are looking to work with a lot of talented producers, and you were you were playing out beats by by different producers and helping them have a platform as well. Is yeah. is this as we say? Is this dissy hip hop movement kind of escalating in India now, and you're getting some real talent coming out, and it's sounding really there's, really good. There's crazy talent in India. This this whole. Uh, you know my my weekly event of beat bathing is what I call the pro call the show every week, yeah. every Sundays. It, it just when I first did it, it was just let's talk about music on my yeah. Instagram live. Mm-hmm. But the 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 feedback I got from there and the amount of people that were sending me samples of their music, I was mm-hmm. like, damn, there is some crazy talent out there, yeah, like yeah, worldwide, yeah. worldwide, mm-hmm. not just only in India. And none of these guys get any platform to even showcase any of their music. Yeah, so if yeah. I go on Instagram Live and they get some feedback from me, they feel like uh, they feel like they're on the moon by just me saying, "Yo, that's a sick beat." Yeah. And you know, I don't say everything's sick. I'll do say, "Oh, this is all right. You know, it needs yeah. to be better. I do this." But there is some crazy amount of talent out there. So I've just kept it as a little platform on Instagram Live. It takes an hour out of my time. To mm. Just help other people listen to their music and 
I get some great, great samples of beats and stuff sent to me. And I connect them with people. Like Ikka's using one of the new guys, his beat. And there's another guy who's sending a beat to Jasnami now, who's producing with him. So I'm connecting yeah, yeah, just yeah. people who are willing to make good music and put the grafting in with the artists themselves directly, which they'll never get. Not one beat. Not two beats. It's the three beats. So what we ask you to do is to give us three songs um, which you could play on repeat over and over again and not get bored of. So uh, what's your number one, Manj? Uh, any song, like, my any own song. or any song? Absolutely, it could be any song, any song in the world that you could listen in your car or in your headphones on repeat day in, day out. If we're going to go to an old school track, I'd say the whole album, Hira's album, Diamonds from Hira. Yeah. That album, I could... Or any one of those songs can be on repeat 24 hours. So, where where did you first hear that album, and what what kind of nostalgic memory do you have with that one? I think that was from every party that we used to go to when we were small. <laughs> every party we used to go to, we used to hear that that, that album were played left, right, centre. But definitely that album for sure. You never get bored of it. Nah. Okay, moving on. What's your number two? Um, if we go more recent, uh, what am I listening to recently? Don't forget, it doesn't have to be Punjabi, it doesn't have to be Hindi, it can be hip hop, whatever you want. Well, weekend, you know, okay, yeah, yeah. weekend, weekend that can be on repeat. In fact, it's on repeat on radio here in Canada anyway, or every day, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, definitely. Weekend, Blinding Lights, Stick Track. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great that's tune. That is, that, you know what? I I'm, I'm I'm a bit hit and miss when it comes to weekend. There are there are only select tunes that I tend to like, but Blind Lights is really, that's a really good that's a really good one. That yeah. is, yeah. And, and what's the number one, three? Third one would be, I love this track Apache Indians, um, Don Raja. Oh, yeah. That track is dope. <laughs> yeah. I could hear that's that a good throwback. That is that is a great tune. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, I was thinking about this the other day, Apache Indian. I kind of grew up knowing him as an Indian kind of rapper, singer kind of thing. But in actual fact, he crossed over so many genres and, and went mainstream as well. Yeah, he was mainstream. Massively. He literally was mainstream. Yeah, it's one of the real first kind of breakthrough artists with from the Asian so, so he side. He was definitely the, the first brown person to, to go mainstream, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, still his song, his song's still doing the links. The advert with yeah, Anthony yeah. Joshua at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that yeah, just shows. Yeah, exactly. That just shows in 2020 that that song is still relevant and he is still relevant as an artist. It's yeah. such a yeah. big, massive tune. Because yeah. even even around that time, I mean, there was there was a few like you had. Was it Corner Shop Boys with Brimful of Asher? Yeah, they were kind of these Indian yeah. dudes doing all English music and stuff. But Apache Indian still, he's still there. He's still touring, doing gigs and stuff. He, yeah, he's yeah, very much relevant still. No, that's a really good three-peat, that is, man. It's really, really good. So we've got Hira as number one. Was it Diamond Diamond Cuts album? Diamond from Hira. Yep. And uh, two was The Weeknd, Blinding Lights. And three, we've got Apache Indian, Don Raja. Don Raja. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Manji's three-peat. This is the part of the show where we ask, are you roots or rhymes? So the the final question, Manj, that we ask every single guest, Looking back on your career, looking back on your achievements, uh, all the accolades and all the ups and downs, would you say that you are roots or would you say that you are rhymes? I think 
Can I say a bit of both? Yeah. You know, every single one of our guests so far have said a bit of both. No, that's, you know what, all of our guests have said the same thing because even though they may be in a certain genre, they may be doing a certain thing, one, their roots are individual to them. What their roots are, are, yeah. are completely unique. It's not the same as anybody else's, but at the same time, you can't deny that your influence has come from the rhyme side of thing, the hip hop, the yeah. R and B. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Manja, I, I completely take the point that you are roots and rhymes. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't, I don't sit in one place. I'm always trying to do different, different things. And your career, your career, and your your catalogue of work really highlights that. You, you know, you you're definitely not an artist that you can put in a box. It's yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I like to be that way. I like yeah. to be remembered that way after yeah. I'm gone. That, that's the, I mean, that's the, that's definitely the legacy that you know from from my perspective of listening to the things that you've produced over the years is just the the excitement of not knowing which way it's going to go next. It's not like, oh, this artist is going to come up with this album next. And you kind of, yeah. the second and third album is the same as the first. It's just yeah, slightly yeah. evolved. It's like, what what the hell is man going to do next? Because he's doing yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait until the next album drops. It's going to drop in July. You're going to be like, what the hell? It's totally switching up the game again. Well, that's a great segue, Manj, because this is the opportunity for you to plug anything you've got going on. Tell the people what you're doing. Okay, so there's obviously there's more songs with Punjabi artists. I've got another one with Mukia Dollar coming out. I've got more uh, songs I'm producing with uh, some Bollywood guys. I've done another two Bollywood songs for some movies, which are on hold right now, coming out next year. Um, working with Karan Ozla for a track as well, big collaboration um, with a mainstream with it. Um, got a couple more mainstream acts coming. I just did the Sean Kingston, but I'm going to do two more in, in the pipeline. And then uh, I'm going to be launching my Mr. Noobster, my son, as the music producer who's going to be dropping his first debut produced album this summer, this July. Sick. That's sick. So is he, he, definitely, um, he definitely has the genes for that. Yeah, 100 billion percent. He's got everything. He's got everything, all the genes, no doubt. He surprises me. Last night he surprised me again with another beat that he made absolutely nuts unbelievable that's sick I don't know how he's learning it he's just learning it YouTubing it and working out and listening to different music and he makes something different every day and it's inspiring so uh, he inspires me yeah at such a young age they're like sponges as well it's the best opportunity for them to to pick things up and and learn them you know what Manja really really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today it's been a great insight into your journey uh, from the beginning uh, and up until now and um we're really, really looking forward to what's to come, and especially with uh, Noobster as well. For sure, bro. Thank you very much, guys. So, Mac, really hope the listeners enjoyed that episode. What did you think? I'm sh- well, I'm sure they will. Every episode is so insightful, it's so entertaining, and you just get so much out of learning from these artists and going on the journey with them. Absolutely. But you know what? I, one thing we forget to ask people to do is log on to the socials. So we, yeah. we're really trying to push the Instagram and we need to ask people to get on there at Roots and Rhymes, like all the episodes. And also, if you're listening to the podcast, don't forget to subscribe as well. So then you'll get a notification. You've got to subscribe for sure. The guests that we're going to have on the Roots and Rhymes podcast, you don't want to miss. You don't want to just accidentally forget to check it out. So get on there. 
Make sure you like and follow us on Instagram, subscribe to the page because we'll be getting more and more amazing artists, household names and people that you want to hear from. It's just going to get better and better chance as we go on. You know what? You're you're absolutely right. But also, if any of the listeners enjoy the music that's on the episode, they can give us a little search in Apple Music or Spotify, Roots and Rhymes, and they can check out the episode playlist just in case there's something a little bit nostalgic there that I think, you know what, I haven't heard that in ages. Uh, Or they like the tunes that are coming from the artists. Just get on there, have a listen and, um, and get following. The UK is on red alert. As part of our commitment to the British Asian events industry, we're campaigning with We Make Events to help raise vital funds for those who can no longer work as a result of live events being cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. You can help by donating using the link in the description of this podcast because together we can help make events again.